Welcome to Marquette Missionary Church. Here is today's message. Let's uh, dive into our sermon series. Right now we are in the midst of a series called The Kingdom of Heaven. We have been talking about this for the last, I'd say, month. Could be longer. My sermon series tend to go longer than what I tend to think that they do, and you guys always let me know that. But right now we are in the midst of the Kingdom of Heaven, and we have been camping out in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And this is the Sermon on the Mount, but we are looking at it in through the lens of when men and women come into God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is not a physical realm. It's not a spiritual realm. It is when men and women on, on this side of heaven come under the authority of Christ. We are now in his kingdom. When Jesus came, he said, my kingdom or the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning it has come. It is here, but it's it's not a physical kingdom. It's not like we can physically see his kingdom. But when we come to faith in Christ, we are ultimately seeing, God, I come under your authority. You are king, and I submit and give all the honor and praise and glory to you, and I have given you my life here. Well, we have been, been camping out in 5, 6, and 7 in Matthew. Because we see these kingdom teachings that Jesus does over and over, all throughout these three chapters, Jesus gives a teaching after a teaching after a teaching. And Jesus is showing us, those of us who are following Christ, those of us who, who, who have come under his authority, this is how God desires for you to live in his kingdom. Well, last week we were looking at Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus teaches on three specific areas. He teaches on prayer, he teaches on giving to the poor, and he teaches on fasting. And we talked about how these three teachings at the time, these were like the three pillars of Jewish piety, that, that within the Jewish culture at this time, this was what they held on for their righteous standards. And Jesus warned them, and he says, listen, don't live your life in such a way to please mankind. Don't go out and give and make a big noise and don't pray so that people can see you and don't fast so that people notice you. Jesus warns them and says, listen, your Father who is in heaven, he sees all that you do. Your kingdom Father, he knows what you are doing. Do it in secret. Live a life not trying to glorify yourself so that mankind can see you. But live a life knowing that your heavenly Father sees you. That he sees all that you do. He sees your giving. He hears your prayers. He sees you when you are fasting. He sees all and live for an audience of one. Well, this week, we are going to continue into, uh, into Matthew 7. And we are going to be looking at Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5. And I'm going to ask for you to stand this morning as we read these verses. And we are, uh, somebody actually asked me this past week, Pastor, why do you ask us to stand? I believe it should be in honor and reverence to God and to his word. So let's read Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 1. Jesus says this, he says, Judge not that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, 
you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Verse 3. Why do you see a speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? Verse 5. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly and take the speck out of your brother's eye. Let's pray. Father God, as we come to your word today, Lord, we are here to seek you. We are here to learn from you. Father, I ask by your Holy Spirit that you would come and that you would minister to us this morning. Lord, that you would come and speak to us, encourage us, and challenge us through your word. Father, we give you praise now, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, you guys may be seated. I love Jesus' first two words here in verse 1. Judge not. This is one of those sayings that is within our world, and it is everywhere within our world. These, these two simple words, everyone in our culture, everyone in our world, everyone who you know or have known knows this scripture verse, to judge not. We live in a world that uh, even the pagans of pagans can quote this scripture verse. And everybody knows to judge not. But my question here, because the world that we live in, we live in such a world that says we can't judge, that we shouldn't judge. What exactly is Jesus saying here? What exactly is Jesus trying to get to here? Because the world you and I live in says these words all the time. And you guys probably know this. You've probably said them yourselves. If someone has maybe questioned you or said something to you, maybe you didn't really like what they had to say, and you just said, hey, judge not. Hey, you can't judge me. And now maybe I'm the only one that has ever heard these words, but is Jesus really saying here that, that we, as followers of him, that we should make no judgment calls? That we should just live by these two simple words to, to just say, judge not, and we should just live a life where we make absolutely no judgment calls ever? That we're not allowed to question anyone's actions, anyone's choices? That we're supposed to just live a life of just saying, Judge not. Is that what Scripture is teaching here? Because, because I see the world that we live in and the culture that we live in, these two words have become so overly used, and everybody knows them, and everyone says them, and everyone has this idea that we're not allowed to ever make a judgment call, that we can't judge anyone. We can't say anything. We can't question anything. We are supposed to just live by these two simple words that say, judge not. And I ask this because I feel like, guys, this is, this is critical because we read this scripture verse and Jesus is, is saying these words within a context of other words. What does Jesus mean here? What does Jesus mean when he talks about this? Because I think it's really, really crucial for us to understand this. Because the world we live in, we have come to a place in our world where judgment is no longer allowed. There was a professor in 2010 teaching an ethics class, 
and he asked his class an opener question, and he kind of gave them a scenario of a situation. He gave them a scenario of a young woman in Yemen who was assaulted inappropriately. And when she had come back home to her family, to her mother and father and brother, the parents said that this young girl has brought shame to the family. So they did what the culture says and what they are supposed to be doing. They dragged her out back and they stoned her. And the ethics professor gave this scenario to these students, and he said, is this wrong? Can you make a judgment call on this situation? And the class was silent. And the professor kept asking them, is this wrong? And nobody in the class wanted to make a judgment. And when the professor prodded just a little bit more and just said, why can't you guys make a judgment call here? And they said, We're, we can't judge someone else's culture. We can't judge someone else's actions. We're not allowed to judge any of this. And it's interesting because I think that that is a great picture of where our world is currently at. We live in such a time where judgments are not allowed, and even the thought of judging something or making a decision or calling someone out is completely prohibited. And you and I, we live in the same culture, and we know that the world we live in lives this way, that we can't even make a judgment call on a scenario that is absolutely horrific. That I think if you have a pulse, you could look at this scenario and say, wait a minute, this isn't morally right. I bring this up just because of where we are at right now. We can't make a judgment, and we live in a world where we have become silent. And I think we all know this, and we all feel this, that the world you and I live in don't make any judgment calls. That's what the world has taught us to do. And they kind of take it out of this scripture verse. They, they take it out of here. But let me ask you, is this what overall scripture teaches? Does scripture overall, does God teach us as human beings, listen, I want you guys to live a life completely judgment-free. I want you to make zero judgment decisions upon any situation and upon anyone else's life. Philippians 3.2, Paul says this. He says, look out for dogs. Look out for evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Now, in this scripture verse, he was specifically challenging a church at the time who there was people in the church that, that had this really crazy religious idea. And, but Paul looks to him and says to him, he says, look out dogs and look out for evildoers. But if I'm not supposed to judge, if I'm not supposed to make any judgment calls whatsoever in my life at any given point in time, how in the world can we look out for the people that Paul warns us here? Psalms 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, 
and on his law he meditates day and night. How are we going to know if we are walking in the counsel of the wicked or standing in the way of sinners or sitting in the seat of scoffers if we can't make a judgment call? And I'm bringing this up today because I think this is so crucial for us to understand that there is a biblical precedence for how we are called to live. Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, he isn't teaching to never make judgment calls. We need to make judgment calls. We need to be wise. We need to to discern situations, and sometimes that involves people. What Jesus is ultimately talking about here, which we will continue to examine as we look at these five verses, is that he is condemning the spirit of critical, harsh judgment. He is condemning selfish, self-righteously judging people, judging people without mercy, judging people without love. Look at Luke chapter 6, verses 36 and 37. This is the parallel verses to these verses. So in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, Luke has parallel verses to this. And look at verse 36 here. He says, be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. I think Luke's passages helps us understand these verses a little bit more clearly this morning. He is reminding his listeners about this idea of mercy, and about this idea of like how you judge, and you need to like, it's not just being critical. We know that a critical judgment is not of God, especially coming from us. But Jesus is warning his listeners here. Ultimately, Jesus is looking at his listeners and giving them this huge warning. Look at verse 2, seven, Matthew 7, verse 2. He says this, For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. How we judge, how we critique, how we give out standards. Jesus gives this warning. He says, listen, judge not, or or you will be judged. But the warning here is this. How you judge, your standards, how you give them out, how you make these judgment calls, he warns them. He says, listen, just be very, very careful here. Just be really, really careful because the measure you use to judge someone else, how you judge them, and the measuring stick you use, God sees it, God knows it, and guess what? You will be judged by that. And this is interesting because it's not a warning on saying never make judgment calls, never have any sort of judgment. It's a warning to say how you make judgment calls because how you make them it will be used against you. And this is why Jesus goes on in verses 3 and 4. And look at this. He says, Why do you seek the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log that's in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? Jesus gives 
gives this amazing picture here. And I think we can all kind of visualize this, right? Like say, if we kind of just take like a moment and just kind of visualize this situation, Jesus is giving this scenario that there is somebody that has like a speck of sawdust in their eye, right? Like it's painful, it shouldn't be there, it needs, it needs to get helped out and taken care of. And Jesus says, how can you, who has a log in your eye, like, I mean, you know, like, just this huge, obvious problem in your own life, how can you go and help someone who has a little speck in their life? And it's, it's this beautiful image, and you guys have probably all heard these verses many, many times, but Jesus is helping them understand that, listen, you need to be very, very careful on when you make judgment calls upon someone else's life. You may see a speck in someone's eye. You may see somebody's, somebody's sin, somebody's downfall. You're probably going to see it. But Jesus says, how can you possibly help them if you have this like gaping problem in your own life? If you have this like serious situation going on in your own life, how do you expect to possibly help them? What he is saying here is that we need to examine ourselves when we make judgment calls. That we need to like look within and say, okay, okay, I see this, I see this situation. You might see a brother or sister struggling in sin, and you may want to help them. But before you even step into that situation, before you even desire to help them, Jesus says, step back here. Step back and just examine yourself. Step back and look within and say, God, I'm seeing this within my brother or, or sister's life, I'm seeing this like situation. Lord, reveal to me what's going on inside of me. Lord, help me see possibly a log, possibly something major in my life that I got going on before I can even help them. It's interesting, Jesus never condemns here not to help them. What Jesus is warning is, is like, you just got to self-reflect here. You got to like take a moment and instead of being critical and judgmental and, and just easily pointing out everyone else's sins and just being like, well, look at so-and-so, they're doing this, look at that. Jesus says, be careful with your words. You need to step back. You need to like realize all your little judgments, all your little critical spirits, how you are criticizing people and judging them, that, that, that same measure, God's going to hold that to you. Be careful in your judgments. You need to first realize what's going on inside of you. You need to reflect. God, do I got something going on in my own life? Do I got like a, just a major log in my own life that I need to first deal with, that I need to first step back and, and just analyze what's going on inside of me? Because we know that, that, that there have been Christians, there have been people that have lived that have been extremely judgmental, critical people. We've all heard about them. We've all seen them. And we know the damage they do to God's kingdom. They do severe damage. These people are just people that are self-righteous, that think that within their own life, that they got nothing wrong with them, and they can easily make judgment calls of their coworkers and everyone else in their life that everyone else is doing it wrong. That's the warning here. The warning isn't so much to say, listen, never make any judgment calls. You're going to have to make judgment calls. And I'm not, I'm not saying just be like, you know, like walking around making them, you know, to everyone that you physically see here. 
there's this warning here. And I think, I think it is so vital for us, for those of us who live in God's kingdom, to really understand this. I think in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus tells a, a great story. It's a few verses, but you're going to kind of see the heart of, of two different people. And I think this is what, what Jesus is really getting at here in Matthew 7. Turn with me to Luke 18. This is Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. And I will have it up there. He said this, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Let's just pause it like right there. So this is the like scenario Jesus is giving here. Jesus gives this parable, gives this teaching to people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Here's the parable. Two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And I'm just going to give you a brief summary. Pharisee, religious person, tax collector in their society at their time, the worst of the worst. I mean, it hasn't really changed, has it? I mean, we don't really like tax collectors today either. But in their culture and in their time, if you were a tax collector, you were stealing from people. It, it just wasn't good. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you I'm not like other men. Extor, extor, I'm so, sorry here, guys. Extortion, or extortioners? Extortioners. I struggle. Unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Picture this first one here. There's, there's two people that go to pray. The first one, he's standing by himself. You can just kind of visualize this. He's just standing there. And he goes to pray and he says, God, I, I just thank you that I'm not, I'm not like this guy. And he looks over at this other guy and he makes this judgment call. And he goes, God, I'm just, I'm just thankful I'm just righteous. I'm just thankful that I, I'm just a generous person. And Lord, I'm just, I'm just so thankful for how great I am. You get this picture. Verse 12, he says this. He says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes on all that I get. Verse 13. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to the heavens, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says this, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. You get this beautiful picture of two different attitudes, two different mindsets. One of them thinking he's righteous. One of them coming in and saying, God, I'm just so grateful I don't uh, struggle like uh, this person does. I don't dabble in this. And then the other one says, God, I, I recognize something. God, I, I recognize that I'm a broken individual. Lord, I recognize that I have sin and that I need to be forgiven. And he won't even approach God because he just knows that he has fallen short. It's two totally different mindsets. 
But I think it plays into how we judge and how we talk to people and how we help brothers and sisters out when they are struggling in sins and different shortcomings. See, it's really easy to see someone else's sin. Super easy. Like you just spend some time, if you spend any sort of time with like me, hung out, bike ride, hiked, whatever, you see Jeff's sin and shortcomings like pretty quickly. Like it's just, it's, it's so easy to make judgment calls upon someone else. It's really, really difficult to look within ourselves, to stand back and say, God, I, <laughs> I don't want to just be this critical human being. I don't want to be constantly criticizing everybody around me. God, I want to I wanna see what's going on inside of me. This past week, many of you have probably read these articles as well. Um, this past week, some really damaging information and terrible information came out uh, about a man by the name of Ravi Zachariah. And if you have ever, if you've been in church for a long time, you probably know this man. He was a Christian apologetist, um, traveled the world, traveled all over. He's been doing this for 50 years. He passed away this past June. And some really, really bad information came out that uh, this man was not a righteous man, that this man did a lot, a lot, a lot of bad things. A lot of things that were not good, a lot of things that were beyond inappropriate. And as I was reading about this man's life, and mind you, up until this point, I had always looked up to Ravi. I would listen to him in the evenings, and I'd listen to his podcasts, and, and he was an excellent Bible teacher, an excellent apologetist. He was, he was one of the great minds of this last 50 years. But then you read about his life. You read about his actions, and you read about what he was doing, and it was awful. It was, it was absolutely heartbreaking reading about this guy's life, about his inappropriateness, not just here, but around the world. And you, and you read about this, and you see this man's sins, and they were horrendous. I'm not justifying this man by any stretch of the matter here. It was terrible. But as I read it and as my wife and I talked about it, we said we need to take this as a warning. You know, it was, it was sad. It was what he did. And now it's just for the world to see. You know, I mean, if we ourselves, if the world saw all of our sins, all of our, it would be devastating. But we need to take it to heart. And when we see problems or struggles or sins or inappropriateness, we take it to heart. And we have to have a lens of saying, God, I'm, I'm not better than anyone else. I'm not more righteous than so-and-so. And I, because it's really easy to make a critical judgment and say, well, I would never do that. Well, I'm not. I'm not as bad as so-and-so. And we love to make those little critical judgment calls, you know, look at this arrogant person or, you know, we have to step back, people. As followers of Christ, we have to step back and we have to examine and reflect upon our own lives. Because that's ultimately what Jesus is teaching here, is saying, don't be just this critical judge who's just going around judging everyone because God sees it. God knows it. God hears it. He will hold you to those standards as well. Don't think that he won't. But if you want to help someone, 
You want to help a brother or sister struggling in sin, or maybe you see how their attitude is. If you want to help them, step back. Examine what's going on in your own life, and you can move forward. Jesus never says, don't help them. Like, like this, is, this is crucial too, and this is something that maybe some of you young, young folks need to like understand. We have to be voices in this world. We don't have to be critical voices, but we do have to stand up for what is true, call out sin when it is present, and, and don't let this culture beat you down thinking you're not allowed to say anything ever because that is exactly what the world wants us to do. It's just, it's just to be doormats. And just sit there and just never say anything, never challenge someone. If you're talking with a uh, coworker, you know, and their, their entire world is falling apart and their lifestyle is absolutely terrible, the world will say, never say anything. We have to bring God's truth. We have to bring what is righteous. We have to. We do it gracefully. We do it in mercy. We don't do it out of out of a critical spirit, but we have to still bring God's truth to this world. But if we're going to do it, we have to be men and women that really reflect within ourselves. I would, I would encourage all of you, and I think, I think that this is a great, a great practice. If you want to find out what is going on inside of you sometimes and some of your sins that sometimes come out and are revealed, ask a close friend or your spouse. If you're married, your spouse already knows all of your shortcomings, and they would love to tell you about them, just to let you know. They would, you could have like a nice dinner, and you just say, honey, um, I've, been, I've been thinking about this, and you know, I've been thinking about what's going on within. Could you, just, could you just give me a list of all of my shortcomings? Could you just help me out here? I joke about that, but it is a really good practice to have people in your life that are not afraid to call you out, that are not afraid to say, listen, I'm noticing something. I'm noticing this. I'm noticing that you're not always honest. I notice that you're not always doing what is right. And we have to be willing to listen, to just reflect, and to listen to those outside voices sometimes. Because it will be really, really good for you. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but we all have blind spots. We all have areas in our lives that we're just blind to. We may think that we're really good in this one area, and we are completely blind to things in our lives. And sometimes it helps when a brother or sister in Christ comes alongside of us, and we are open to their criticism, that we are open to their feedback. And saying, hey, help me out here. Like, say, like, I just, I really want to honor Christ in all that I do. Do you see any sort of shortfalls or shortcomings that I need to be aware of? And I'm telling you, it will be humbling. It will be super awkward at first, too. You know, like, because, first of all, nobody really wants to do that for you. But if you're honest and you say, this is, this is really how I want to be growing. I, I really want to see some of my shortcomings. He'll do it. And God will be working. And the purpose is, we don't want to be like verse 5. Look at this. Jesus says this. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. 
Guys, as we follow Christ, as we are living in God's kingdom, as we have come underneath his authority, his reign, his rule, this is what God challenges us, challenges us on today. And I want us to be, to be men and women that aren't, we're not critical, we're not harsh towards others, towards, towards people that maybe aren't even in the faith, I hope and pray that we are merciful that we are loving, that we are kind, but that we will also stand up for what is true. And not, and not just, you know, shoot, shoot like arrows at people. I remember, I'm going to share a, a quick story. I know I've gone too long today. Um, I, was, I was downtown at Baby Cakes, and I might have shared this with uh, some of you here. And, um, and I was talking to this one guy who I was friends with, this was this past summertime, and you guys know that within restaurants, we've had mask mandates and, you know, all of this stuff going on, and, and this guy's sitting at the counter, and, and I know him, and, and I walk on over to him, and I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to him, and I'm, I'm literally standing, like, right here, and I pull my mask down, and I'm having this conversation, right? This guy comes in, and this is what I mean about critical judgment and, like, shooting shooting arrows, this guy comes in, and he's not happy about this situation, and I have no idea, and, and, and as he is turning to leave, he yells across baby cakes, hey, put your mask on, and I had no idea, I was like, I was like, you know, like, I was literally like a foot, like, you know, like from this other guy, and this guy, as he's continuing to walk out of the store, he gets to the door, and he yells it again, completely across the entire restaurant, hey, put your mask on. And then I finally realized like he's talking to me and, uh, and I'm very confused because I'm, I'm just so close to this guy. The only difference is, is that I, I, I could have been like sitting there. But those are like just those arrows that people can shoot. That we can just shoot like just like judgmental arrows and just judgmental thoughts and we can be critical from afar. And I would just say this, as a follower of Christ, God challenges us, like how Jesus lived, to get close enough to people to have a voice into their life. Don't be, don't be like, you know, like, oh, you, you know, pastor said, like, I'm allowed to be making judgment calls as long as that I, you know, do a little bit of reflection before I, you know, shoot these arrows out. You, you got to get close enough to people, okay? Like, you can't just reflect today and then on Monday walk like into work and be like, yeah, Bob, you're doing this one wrong. And, you know, I reflected on Sunday. That's not, that's not the point there. You, you do got to get close enough. You do got to get, like, have a voice within people's lives. And if you're not loving and if you're not kind and if you're not graceful, you're not going to have that voice, okay? Like, this is, I do think that that is, that that is crucial to being able to have that voice there. So, well, I'm going to ask for you guys to stand, and I want to pray for us this morning. And the worship team is going to come back up and lead us in one more song, and then I'll come and pray over, over offering, and you guys can enjoy the beautiful zero-degree weather out there. Joey, do we have projection problems? Oh, nice. As everyone else has been staring at that for the last five minutes. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you for your word. Father, help, help your people, help us, Lord, to be, to be men and women that will be loving, that will be kind. Lord, that we won't be critics, but Lord, that we will be men and women who 
reflect upon ourselves. Father, we know that we have fallen short. Father, we know that, that we sin and we fall short of you and your standards every single day. And God, we thank you for the grace that you have upon our lives. But Father, help us as we bring your truth to this world, as we desire to, to be helping brothers and sisters. Lord, help us to be people that walk in kindness and walk in mercy and walk in grace. Father, help us not to be critics. God, I give you praise now, and I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.